everyone. Welcome to Class Stars, a new series by Project Lead where we have individuals tell their academic success stories. So these are first class graduates from all over the world who have gone through the high institutions and emerged with highest honors. They'll be telling us how. So, so, so how? You know, the family background, the upbringing, the several support systems, the soft skills, the internship experience, and of course, the challenges. So, Class Stars is for Project Lead Girls and other secondary school students out there and undergraduates who want to achieve academic excellence and be strategically positioned for the best jobs in reputable organizations and other major opportunities. So, do you want to know the how? Please stay tuned. Thank you. Okay. So thank you again, Professor Damilola Olaoyi, for, for being here with us. I'll just read a brief profile of Professor Damilola. So Professor Damilola Sunday Olaoyi is an international jurist, professor of law, arbitrator, author, and policy consultant with expertise in petroleum, energy, and environmental law. He is the Deputy Vice-Chancellor of Afe Babalala University at Doekiti, Nigeria. Professor Olaoyi. Professor Olaoyi was promoted to the rank of full professor of law at the age of 32 years, becoming one of the youngest full professors of Nigeria of law in Nigerian history. Wow. He assumed office October 1st, 2019. He's the vice chair of the International Law Association. He has served as a visiting. He has served as a visiting professor at Columbia Law School, New York, China University of Political Science and Law, IES Vanguard Fellow at the University of Birmingham, and Senior Visiting Research Fellow at the Oxford University of Energy Studies. In 2019, he was a Herbert Smith. Free Hills visiting professor at Cambridge University, and he has delivered lectures on energy law in over 40 countries. Okay, so I think I'll stop there because honestly, Professor Olaoyi's profile is like a book on its own. <laughs> so, so I, I think I'll just I'll just stop there and you know jump right in. So, Professor Olaoyi would really like to meet you. So meeting you, tell us about yourself, you know, about growing up, about your family, siblings, you know, any other thing that Wikipedia doesn't tell us, please, let's meet you. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Amaka. Thank and, you. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to have this special with you. And congratulations once again for, for the fantastic work that uh, you're doing in terms of raising um, a new generation of informed um, children who will become great leaders in the future. Um, they become leaders in academia or leaders in business or leaders in government. I think um, a program like yours is so important in terms of putting them on the right path um, and becoming um, responsible citizens of our great country. Mm. Um, well, you've already said um, a lot mm -hmm. about me, and uh, um, I'm a very um, simple guy, even mm -hmm. though, um, and 
I will tell you a little bit about the simple side of me that uh, is not on Wikipedia or elsewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the most interesting trivial is that uh, I am uh, the baby of my family. You I'm are? The last, uh, <laughs> yes. <Nice>. yes. <laughs> okay. Great. So I'm the, I'm the last uh, child in, in a family of six, mm. and and I and I grew up um, in in a burden, even though my uh, even though we are originally from Ocean State, uh, okay. from a town called Dajo in Ocean State, uh, and I'm from Oluwadro local government to be precise in, in Ocean State, okay. and um, my uh, I, like I said, we grew up in a burden. My in, in, a, in a normal, strict Christian family. My dad, another interesting fact about me is that uh, my dad and my mom had no formal education. Uh, so they... <laughs> like my, my so, mouth is, my mouth is open. Wow. Okay. So they, they, they were, uh, you know, my, my uh, you know, from the story that we, you know, my dad would tell us regularly, mm -hmm. It was uh, quite bright, you know, it was quite a very intelligent kid, but when it was time to go to school, his parents could not uh, afford oh. to, to pay his tuition. Oh. So I guess that, uh, that story of his sort of made him to be so determined that hmm. to ensure that his kids all go to school and whatever it would take. So my dad, uh, you know, uh, you know he, 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 was, he became an apprentice. Uh, welder, you know, still, uh, still fabrication, and from there he was able to start, he was able to actually go from uh, an apprentice to have his own business, and uh, he, he, he had a, a successful uh, construction business, and with that, with the proceeds of the business, he was able to send all of us to some of the best schools wow. in Nigeria, so all of us turned out to be... Uh, I, I professionals, uh, all my other siblings are, you know, doing very great. Um, wow. It's a family of scientists, uh, mostly, you know, two doctors, three engineers, and myself being the only lawyer oh, wow. in my entire, entire family and wow. in my entire generation, really. So uh, I like to say that I am the, I am the only non-scientist, non-engineer in my family, hmm. and uh, I think I, I think it's been it's been good. Wow. Okay, so this is very interesting. Having parents who who didn't have any formal education. Um Okay, that's interesting. I'll come back to that. Okay, but firstly, yeah. I would like to know how you how you decided to go for the arts, you know, especially being the last child and you had all science students um before you. So, so why didn't you go for the sciences? Why did you do the arts? You see, and that is another interesting fact about me that is not uh, available online, mm -hmm. which is that uh, I think um, I will give a lot of, uh, of the glory to God that mm -hmm. ordered my steps into law. And I will tell you that I studied law by mistake, hmm. which is another interesting thing when uh you know you see how far i've been able to go in the profession it's, hmm. it's always interesting to note that i did not set out to be a lawyer i, I studied law by mistake 
Wow. Uh, like my other siblings, because because you know because like I told you, my dad, uh, you know, is a construction guy, and, and most of his, you know, when he develop, he, he has a very successful business, like I told you, and so most of his clients were the oil and gas companies, you know, in which any any downstream any filling station that you see, most of it would have been constructed by my dad. Wow. So his business was that buoyant, you know, the the normal. Uh, um, tankers and the things you've seen in the filling station, yeah. where the sort of things you build, build and construct. So, and I think because of that, it automatically you know, sort of directed all, all of us towards the, the construction, the sciences, engineering, those sort of things. So, like I said, in my family, three, three engineers and, you know, and two doctors. Two doctors. So, wow. Yeah, so I, I was already on the path to, to start doing that. Uh, to you know, and I recall that uh, I was, you know, on the path of studying computer engineering, mm. you know, and and uh, but uh, I recall that my immediate elder one, who was already at the university studying medicine, you know, had told me, oh yes, you know, we're about to start in, uh, computer engineering because it was a private university, United University, and he had encouraged me that uh, I should come. Get the form for computer engineering, um, but I, but I know that growing up I was very interested in uh, current affairs. You know, mm. I was very interested in current affairs, always reading the news. And my my dad knew that, you know, and so he would normally buy newspapers and keep them for me and and say, oh, you know, dummy, you know, have you read the news today? So he knew I was always interested in in, in that. So when, when we got to the university, I, you know, when, when I got to the point of, of, of getting the computer engineering form, the university told us, oh, sorry, we're not starting it this year. You know, for some reason, we are not able to start computer engineering this year. So you have to wait till next year oh. and, and come and start computer engineering. And so at that point, I called my dad and said, well, I'm, I'm at the, the university right now. They said, unfortunately, they have no form for computer engineering, uh, <laughs> you know. And he said at that point, well, get the form, don't feel it, just bring it home, and then mm. we'll, we'll talk about it. When we got home, he told me, but you've always been interested in current affairs. Mm. Why, why, don't you start, why don't you study law? You know, because he, he saw the, you know, you know, my siblings and all of them were there, so they saw that, oh, which other courses do they have in that school? Mm-hmm. They have medicine, they have law. And they have some other, you know, why don't you study law then? Since uh, that's the closest. <laughs> wow. But like I said, um, my story is quite interesting because I had always been interested. So I had the, the right combinations. Even though I was in science discipline, I was taking physics, chemistry. I, I still took government and, and the, you know, which was weird because no one in sciences would Exactly. <laughs> wow. But because I was, I was really interested in it, hmm. uh, you know, and again, there, there is a lot to that, to that interest. Because I remember when I, when I did the junior school certificate, I mm-hmm. did so well. And I told them at the time I wanted to go to art class, but they, they prevented me. They said, well, uh, art is for, for, you know, you know how we stay in Nigeria, the science. Yes, science they, students are the bright students and the art students are yeah, the ones that are not so <laughs> smart. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so I was about making that choice in the, you know, when I was going to SS1, hmm. but they did not al- allow me to make the choice. I remember I'd already started taking government. I'd already started, you know, you know, history and all those things. And one day the principal came to my class and took my chair 
and said, what, what are you doing here? You know, hmm. don't belong to... to, to and so she took me to the sciences. But I, I retained government. I continued to take government, even though I was forcefully taken to sciences. So wow. I continued to take government. I continued to take... So when it was time, I had the combination. I had English literature. I had government. And I had uh, chemistry, physics. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it was easy for me to just... Switch. Put law on the board. Exactly. And, and he said, well, he has five credits in, in everything. And so... And, and so that was how I was admitted to study law by mistake. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you've come and this far. Hmm. Okay. I, I think it has been a, a good mistake. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Wow. Okay, so I was going to ask, um, I was going to say that, of course, we know that different factors influence the course of choice, you know. Um, for some people, it's their parents, you know, some role models, and some they just want to, you know, flow with the the trend you know so i for for you you've answered it already you know the reason why you studied law was because there was no you know other science course for you to study at the time and it was by mistake hmm. interesting but but yeah and, and i'll add to that okay. because you, you know you you see that i i i i mentioned that when i was in dss uh three three crossings versus one mm -hmm. the interest was there i actually did I already had interest in law, mm. current affairs, and those things at the time. Um, and why? Why was that interest there so mm. early? I would say that I was always very, very fascinated when I saw uh, the late Chief Ganifari and me on TV, when I saw how he was articulating mm. and the sort of things he would say that, you know, I remember when he was appointed as a, he was nominated to be a minister and he said he would rather commit suicide. Than to serve a government that is against the people, and I was wow, what sort of what sort of human being is this mm. who thinks like this? You mm. know. So I was interested in him as a person, mm. and I was if I any time I read the newspaper, it was to read about Ugandan Amy. Wow. So that was that was the initial interest, and and and, and so I, I would I, I would ask my dad, and you see, my dad played a very strong role because even though he had no formal education, he could read. Mm. But, you know, he could, he could read newspapers and he was always talking to me about Ganifari. He mean, oh, that guy, the radical lawyer, radical mm. lawyer. Mm. <laughs> so, so um, I became interested. That, so what does it mean to be a lawyer? What do lawyers do? And that was why I took my seat to the art class when it was time to go to, when it was SS1. I said, I want to be like this Ganifari and I'll be in the art class. But unfortunately, due to the level of knowledge at the time, they thought it was it was awkward mm. because I had I had the best result in in, in Oyo State at the time. In Oyo State, as a state. Yes, in in the junior in the junior uh, what they call it GSSCE -E or something. Yes, exactly. I, I had the best result in the entire Oyo State at the time. Perhaps allow so you that, that that is not on Wikipedia, so we might need to write them to tell them to add that on your profile. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So I, I guess because of that was why the, the, the school taught no no you, you can't have this sort of good result hmm. and be in, in art class. So I would I would say that um, even though you know God sort of God arranged that I eventually studied law, I mm -hmm. think the, the the initial motivation was, you know, my desire to be 
um, someone like the late Ghanifaini, who stood for the people, hmm. who stood for the interests of, of the masses, who I, I admired his courage, how, how fearless he was during the, the, the military regime, and how he would he would reject a ministerial appointment hmm. just to defend the people. I thought that was I thought that was fascinating. Uh, and I think um, so. So I would say that early interest in justice, mm. early interest, and my dad will also tell you that. Oh, Dami, you know, I was always like talkative. I was always arguing, arguing with people. <laughs> and so they, they, they all thought, yeah, you're already like gratifying. Exactly. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot about you that we can't find online. To be honest, best students yeah. in the whole of Oyo State for Junior Wayek. That's major, yes. Professor Laoyi. That's major. And I would like to also um, pick something you said. You said you were talkative and you were argumentative. In in, in our in our society, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Yoruba. I'm Igbo, but I think I'll say I'm more Yoruba than Igbo, you know? Like when elders are talking and you want to put your mouth in quotes, they say, you know, do you understand? So, 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 so how, how did you, okay, you said your father played a major role, but did you, did you have anyone talk against that natural ability of yours to be very, very, um, very, very verbal, you know, verbal, assertive, you know, wanting to make your point. Did you ever have any body talk against it? Maybe your siblings or maybe uncles or aunties, you know, did, did you ever have any challenge like that? Oh, I did. I did. Because you're very correct. We live in a very cultural-leading society mm. in which there's an assumption that this is how a child should behave, this mm. is how a child should conduct himself. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I was, I was actually seen as a very troublesome child, you know. Um, and some, some, some thought maybe because I was the last born that, oh, it's just, mm. you know, I, I, was, I was naturally categorized as a very troublesome uh, growing up, you know, mm. because um, because my my other siblings were quite laid back, and mm. you could, you would understand their, their own personality. Of course, why, different. Yeah, they they would fit into the sciences. They mm. were quite laid back. I was not, you know. I so whenever there is, whenever there's something wrong, I would normally talk. You know, for example, if there's someone saying something, I would be the one to stand up and say, "I don't think you're correct. You should mm. not say that." You know. Mm. Like, I, and they thought, who is this uh, troublesome? Who is this Smalley? <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly, this Smalley. And they gave me all sort of nicknames. I wow. remember, they, you know, as a child, they, you know, they gave me nicknames, opposition leader. Uh, some would call me Ochuku. Some would call me... <laughs> wow. You know, uh, you know, I will all... You know, the politicians that stood for... That stood for uh, that were no nonsense in mm. their character. Mm. I, I, I got their names mm. you know, as my nickname mm. at that early age. Wow. Um, so, um, and I think in all of that, um, I was, again, to make matters worse, I was also very playful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, God. If playful, if playful can get me to where you are. I'd like to go back to my to my youth, you know. 
and <laughs> wow it, it, it was just a very funny thing I wow. was, and so even at times when i come back home with very good reports some would argue that i don't think your teachers know what they are doing because <laughs> how can someone be, be this playful wow be this and uh, you know always talking always putting his mouth in what is not his business, his business. and we'll still do uh, Hmm. So, but, but with time, they they be, they began to see a pattern, that, you hmm. know. And I think that's that's where good parenting comes in. When hmm. we see children that have strong personalities or are a little outspoken, hmm. um, we should we should spot that early on hmm. and know that it is there's some there is a gold mine in there. Hmm. You know, it, you know, all children should not be laid back. Um, doctors are laid back, engineers mm. are meticulous, be careful. Lawyers are not meticulous mm. uh, and are not laid back because, by the nature of our profession, we fight against injustice. Defense and you cannot be laid True. exactly, you cannot be laid back mm. and, and <laughs> in doing that, you know. Mm. So, I, I, I think at some point, um, you know, my dad, you know, paid closer attention. And thought, you know, it seems this guy, there's something about him. Hmm. So he would even, he, he, so I think when he noticed that, he would continue, to, I mean, he continued to discipline me to get rid of all those uh, hmm. excessive uh, yes. play, you know. But he then began to encourage me. Like I said, he would bring newspapers to me and say, oh, read. You know, he would, he would bring uh, books to me. And so, you know, I know you like to read all these current affairs, so hmm. read, read them. <laughs> wow. you know? So I, I think it was at that uh, stage that, but of course, yes, I, I people generally thought of me as uh, as uh, not a typical quiet, Child. shy. Mm. Wow. Okay, so so you were born in Ibadan, even though you're not, you know, naturally, originally from there. So why why Igbinidium? is in Edo State. So so why not the great UI? Like University of Ibadan is like the main the main school in Nigeria. So and you were born right there. So why why didn't you go there? Why didn't why didn't you? Yes, it's a good question. You know, um, I think I am I am uh, you know, and anyone that knows me from way back will tell you I'm a Canadian baby. Because I actually got, I did my secondary school at the Canadian, I, I finished my secondary school at the Canadian Education Center. Oh, well, I get it. School. Okay. Uh, and, and so, so it was, like I said, my dad was keen to ensure that we got the best of education. So hmm. my, my idiot elder brother went to a Canadian secondary school. Hmm. And while he was there, he, he, I mean, he's a very smart guy. So he did very, very well. He was okay. doing very, very well. And anytime he came home and they told him, oh, Dami has done something wrong again, he's always in trouble. He's always, you know, in one form of trouble or the other. <laughs> or the other. Again, don't forget, many of those troubles were associated with my very strong personality. Yes. So he advised my, my dad at some point, you know, that, oh, why don't you, you know, um, let him switch over to, because I was in another form of trouble again oh, wow. in my school in Ibadan at the time in wow. school. So I think that was the last. So he advised my dad, he said, take him to Ibnedion. Um, okay. And so I, I, I started my SS1 in Ibnedion Technology okay. School and, and finished there. And both of us um, went to Ibnedion University upon, upon 
upon finishing our secondary school. So mm. we we so I would say I I I I I, um, I grew up pretty pretty much in a dual state. Mm. I speak uh, and I began to even pick up the the Benin language. Oh, nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Okay, so so law 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 is said to be a difficult course. Um, difficult because you just have to read and read and read. You know, I, I hear that. In fact, I was I was um having a conversation with um a first class graduate recently, a first class graduate in law, and I I said to him that is it true that like during law school exams that um ambulances ambulance vehicles are usually parked outside because my brother is a lawyer and he told me that was what that happened during his time you know like people faint during exams and you know it's a difficult course so how did you manage to graduate with a first class from university and a first class from law school how well, you know, of course, I would definitely give it up to God. You know, mm. I say, you know, we thank God for his blessings. Mm. And, and the blessings of God manifest in different forms. And I think for me, mm. the first form was that I was very fortunate to study what I love. Mm. You know, um, I think no matter how good a child or how talented, I think I always say everyone is brilliant, really. Everyone is actually mm. brilliant. The difference is that a lot of kids end up exerting their efforts on what they don't really like. Hmm. And there is no way, no matter how talented you are, there is no way you would be the best in what you don't really like. Absolutely. I, like, I, like I told you, I was in sciences. I, was, I, was, I took chemistry, took physics. Um, even, though, I even, even though I was doing well in those courses, I, you know, I won the chemistry prize. I knew I did not like those things. I knew hmm. within me that... You know, these things are just boring. If you should, I knew hmm. even as early as that. Uh, so imagine what could have happened to me if I continued, if I maybe eventually continued and studied engineering. I'll probably just I'll graduate, of course. You know, no <laughs> so, fulfillment. Yes. So I think uh, that hmm. that's where the the first divine intervention for hmm. me came, which is studying what I love. Hmm. I mean, I I was a very I was I was very passionate about law. Oh. When I the first day I, I I took the first course I took at the university, I I laughed. I I was so happy. And why? Because I said yes. This is exactly what, what I you wanted. What you want to do? Oh. Yeah. Great. Because I was like, hey, this this is more like it. Hmm. More like you know better than this old test tube and. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Don't let the science students come after you, Professor Lowey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll stop there. You know, I won't say more. But, but so I think I so so, so because of the passion, mm. because I loved it, and because I was interested in it, mm. it was effortless in terms of reading more. You know, when maybe you know, of course, some in my class you notice they did not like it. Mm. They were in the opposite of my so you would see that they would they would not normally do the sort of things I was doing mm. is to read more, you know, stay back, go to the library, read more and and, and to succeed in any discipline. Hard work is very key. And mm. I think when the interest is there and you then work very hard, 
you know, because I did, I, I, I mean, I worked very hard in the university. I, I, you know, I was always reading, always in the library. I was very consistent in, in my, you know, I, I, I did not joke at all mm. with, with love. Uh, and I think they'll tell you that even in the library, in the university, they, they knew me and they kept books for me because they knew I would always come. Wow. So I, and I would think it's because I loved it so much that I was always, and you're right. Yeah. And, and so um, that same what you said about the law school is exactly as it is. It's wow. a very tough place, you know. So if, if the you know if the university is difficult, the law school is even like you know extremely difficult. Wow. And in, in my case, um, I was able to finish, uh, you know, to graduate um, um, at the university with a first class. Wow. And again, that that um, became another challenge because. Um, at the, at the time, our university was still quite young, mm. and um, you know there was a, a, a little bit of uh, pushback that oh, um, oh, well. So anyway, so um, but I I was able to then go to um, to the uh, law school, and um, um, yeah. So like like I was saying, the the, the pushback, mm. and I, I was say a little bit about that, you know, because it was still a, a young university, so. We, we, um, you know, th there was this concern whether, oh, when you go to law school, I hope you will, you will keep the flag flying. Mm. So that was the challenge. I then had to read the extra mile and wow. go, you know, and, and, and I, so, so in law school, I was again tagged as a bookworm because I would read like morning till night. Um, it was, I mean, the law school is, is, is very tough because you have, mm. um, this is six, six or seven courses and you write all the exams in one week. Oh. So, uh, wow. <laughs> you know, so I think I spent my entire year in law school. And I think that is the, the, the trick in law school. You just, that has to be your only, the only business. You know, you mm. just don't have time for Any anything, other thing. anything else. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. So, so you were named... Oh. <clears throat> Okay, so perhaps allow you, you were named overall best student, overall best graduating student and university valedictorian, and you got all the available prizes. How did that make you feel? Like all, you didn't share with anyone. <laughs> How did that make you feel? Oh, it was fantastic. It was, it was a fantastic uh, experience. Um, hmm. Fantastic in many ways. Mm. Uh, like I said, I was the first in the university to, to make a first class in law uh, at, oh. the, at that university at the time. So wow. it was, it was, um, you know, it was an unbelievable feeling. In terms wow. Of, wow, this is fantastic. Um, also, I, um, I, I felt fulfilled in terms mm. of oh, I've spent a lot of my time pursuing this. Mm. Um, and, and I felt, you know, a big sense of fulfillment and relief um, being able to, to, to win the prizes. And, um, you know, and when I was told I was going to be the, I was the university best and the valedictorian, it was like an icing on the cake as well. Oh, because <laughs> it just, um, you know, it just made me feel like there is a reward for hard work. Mm. And I think, mm. you know, that is the, the lesson that 
when I was in, in the university, I was busy reading it you know, all the time. And so I did not really have much time for a lot of things. And so being rewarded with those prizes was like a, um, a, a good validation that wow. hard work pays. Validation. And if we work hard, we will get the result. Mm. Fantastic. So, so, so you were best, overall best graduating or overall best results for junior work in Oyo State. You were best graduating student in university. Had you had you gotten used to that feeling? Like, were you accustomed to being the best? Or did the, the, the best graduating students from law school do something to you differently? I, I, I don't know if you, you get me. Like, were you accustomed to being on top? Or did you have to grow and ease yourself into it? Yes, I think my mine would be the second, which is I had to, you know, um, I was not accustomed to it at all. I would tell you because um, even even though um, I had those uh, early success mm-hmm. um, in secondary school and all of that, I I grew up in a family of you know outstanding people. Mm. You know, my especially my immediate elder one, who is a doctor now, is you know is very very smart. Hmm. So even some of those things at the time were not considered as big uh, deal, which is very weird, right? <laughs> you know, uh, and and that's because he was so good that he even got a scholarship at that age to be in gifted school in Abuja. You know, and you you know that the gifted school is normally reserved for that's like, for the the, the best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> wow, exactly. the extreme. The, the extremely weird, you know. So, wow. So, he, so, he, and, and that's my immediate. So, hmm. you know, everything he did, so at, at home, I would say I suffered a lot because they were, he kept comparing me to him. Oh. You know, I remember that even my school, my the teachers would sort of write in my report that, oh, I wish he's like his brother. <laughs> you know, I wish. <laughs> no so, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, and that's another. Another thing about our society, you know, it's good to let every child uh, grow and uh, find their own uh, calling. And mm. I guess it was because of this, this pressure as well that maybe they thought, yes, I should like my brother, I should go to the science class, like my brother, is like my brother. So, 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 so at the early stage, really, even though I had the best results in the early stage, was like, okay, that it was seen as okay, that's okay because he did even greater than that. Hmm. You know, he, he, he probably, I think he, his own was more of national, like, you know. Wow. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, so, so that answers the question that at that stage, it was not, I didn't, it wasn't really celebrated. It was like, oh, yeah, he's doing well. It's okay. You know, hmm. and, um, and, um, but I think the turning point, I would say the turning point when people began to think, I think there's something in this guy would be when I made the first class in the university. Okay. Um, again, some people still thought, well, you know, let's see how it turns out in the law school. <laughs> and then when I... <laughs> Imagine. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Our society is filled with pressure. I, I guess we'll take a, a pause now, right? Yes. And then come back right on. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right.
Welcome back, Professor Laoye. Thank you very much. Okay, so the, the, the last thing you said was that there's a lot of pressure in our society, right? And that um, it's always good to let every child to grow and actually find their own spaces where obviously their personalities and their individuality, you know, fits in well and where they will thrive, right? Okay, so you said it. You said a lot of things about parenting, actually, and I think those are the notes that I've been taking. You know, so so so. So I'll move on to you know education further. So you went for your masters at University of Calgary, Canada immediately after law school what was this because it was a scholarship or you know how some people say that it's best to you know gain experience work for a while and gain corporate experience before masters what was your take on that yes i you know i think mine is a is a classic example of um, when you put in a lot of you know, I think students that cut corners, whether in school or in the university, they lose a lot. Mm-hmm. Because when you cut corners, you don't really gain knowledge about the subject. You don't really know it. Mm. And I, you know, I, I remember I had a mentor in the university who told me, you know, Damlola, this law, know mm. it very well. As in, know it. It's mm. not just, don't, don't think of just graduating. Make sure you know it very well. And I think that advice was spot on. Because while I was reading and everything, it became clear to me that, um, you know, the, I, I, I came to a conclusion that I needed to, to, to do a master's, um, if not immediately, that I should, you know, at least go abroad and get some more training. That was a mm-hmm. conclusion I came to as early as before I graduated in the undergrad. <laughs> um, but my, my plan, honestly, was to... Um, you know, wait, you know, finish law school and then maybe do the normal, you know, work for a year. So that was my plan. But I knew clearly that, you know what, I, even if I got a job, I was just going to do it for a short while. Hmm. But when I, when I got to law school, I then met another guy who is a, who is a very good friend of mine now. Um, he, he, he made a first class from, from the University of Paladin. And when we were in law school, you know, I saw that even as a student, he was already applying for masters. Wow! <laughs> you know, so I felt challenged. Like, Ooh, wow! Who is this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, he he spent a lot of his time applying for masters, and, and I asked him, "Why are you doing this? You know, why don't you finish and wait?" He said, "No, that his plan is that immediately after law school, he's off." And I said, "Wow!" wow. You know, I said, "Wow, that's interesting." And so at the time, he. And I saw some of the documents. He was, you know, he had like 15 universities with their documents on him, you know, all like, wow, hmm. what sort of human being? <laughs> so, and, and, and at the point, he told me, oh, they, there's even a university, University of Calgary in Canada, and, you know, they, they, they were looking for, and, and, you know, they were looking for people in that area, very competitive, very exclusive, and all that. Why not? So he said, yeah, that, you know, I can take that, that he doesn't want that one, you know, that he's, so he already has his hand full. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> interesting. 
So I, I then said, well, I, I wasn't planning to apply for at this point, but why don't I try this one? Then, mm. then, then next year, I'll, I'll do my normal thing. So he encouraged me, say, yeah, yeah, try it. And, and I did. I just and I applied to only that university that year. Mm. I did not do any other thing. I applied to them. And, you know, um, I thought, well, let me just try and use this as a learning, you know, and then next year when I'm ready, I'll be like this guy and do 15. But as fate would have it, I applied. Mm. And they replied, you know, saying, you know, wow, this is fantastic, good background. And they gave me the admission. Wow. Gave me three scholarships. Uh, wow. The government of Canada. And, and so, like him, immediately, I, immediately after I dropped my pen, uh, I think I left for Canada a week after law school. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Okay, so you took another master's at Harvard. And four other scholarships followed. Professor Lowy, I, I don't know if you have, is there any particular man of God that prays for you <laughs> to get these scholarships? Because I know people really struggle, you know, to get these scholarships. So t tell us how all these came about. Like you were still doing the Calgary one and then four others, you know, and the Harvard one came. How, how, did, how did they happen? Well, you know, we, we, we all know that all the good gifts of life come from God, hmm. you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm deeply, you know, I know for sure that, you know, it would be foolish to think this is all just you. a mirage or a hmm. mistake and, and, and anything. Um, but, I, but I think, um, you know, my, uh, I also think like they say, success as a, uh, a, a footprint. Hmm. And the way to be successful in life is to look at those that have come before you and look at what did they do, you know, what, you know. And, you know, when I read, you know, when, you know, many of the big people in the society have bios that are online. And when you read the bio, when I read bios, I read it for information on how did this person get there, what did they do, and what did they do, and what did hmm. they do. And I think that has really enlightened me a lot, you know. Um, there is anyone we hope to be like in the next 10 years, all we need to do is to read their story very closely. Hmm. And you will see the answer very clearly hmm. on what they did to get to where okay. they got to. Uh, hmm. uh, and that was my my case when i when i got to calgary i was already settling in and i was like wow this is a beautiful city very lovely i was quite young when i got to calgary at, at 21 or 22 you know wow. um you know i was the youngest in the class so it was it was a thrill but as i was doing all of that you know i began to as i was doing my research i began to read more about the likes of kofi annan and, you know, some of the, you know, Konjo Wella and some of the great, great, great uh, people of the world. And I could see very clearly that they were always sort of, um, you know, you know, they were global and always in test of knowledge. Um, you know, Kofi Annan from Ghana, you know, moved to England, from England to Geneva and all of that. So I, I, I saw something in all of that. And mm. so I became interested in pushing the boundaries as well. And I think 
Um, I, I, I looked at their stories and I saw exactly what they did in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, and I, I, and, I, and I focused my efforts in doing those things. And, and it mm-hmm. paid off, I, I would say. And uh, like them, I was able to attract those scholarships. Wow. So, so you've said success has a footprint. You've said you, you like to read biographies, but you don't just read biographies for the fun of just reading them. You read biographies for information, for instruction, yes. and for guide, guidance. Exactly. So you've mentioned Kofi Annan, you've mentioned Okonjo Iwala, and you said one thing that stuck out, you know, concerning them was their thirst for knowledge. So basically, yes. that was, that, they were a picture of you in, you know, so many years to come. Hmm. Fantastic. And there's one name I would, I should add to that list, and that is Fidelis Odita, who is a Queen's Council and Senior Advocate. Oh. And at the time... You know, I read a lot about him Fantastic. as well. You know, and you will see that our bios are, are quite similar. Uh, he know. also was the yeah. best graduating student in law school and he came out with the first class. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I read a lot about him hmm. growing up. I, I could see clearly that, hmm, who's this guy, you know? Hmm. And, you know, um, you know, yeah, so I saw, and I saw that he left Unilag when, you know, after Unilag and law school, he went straight to Oxford. Yes finished on upload and did all those things. So I said, mm, okay. Hmm. And there are many, you know, we have Rehafe uh, Babalola as well at uh, Abuak. Hmm. You know, I, I read his bio very closely. Like my dad, he also, you know, you know, you will know that his story is also very interesting. You know, hmm. self-educated, he, he never had formal education. Hmm. And he, you know, so, I, I, so, I, so I read those sort of bios. And I think that's what, you know, is missing in, in our generation now. You know, hmm. you know, we need people to, to study greatness and pattern their endeavors, you know, along the li- lines of those mentors. Hmm. So what is missing in our generation is that we don't, we don't study greatness and we don't pattern our lives to, to really achieve this greatness. So, so now, like I was having a conversation not too long ago with someone and I was saying to him that I think in this generation, we just want to hammer. Professor Lauya, I don't know if you know what the word hammer means or if it, it's way beneath you. <laughs> yes, I think it, I, I've heard about it. <laughs> yeah, so people just want to hammer, like you just want to stumble on money, you know, mm. but not necessarily working for it. So I guess that that will be buttressing what you said about people actually taking our time to study greatness, you know, and observing the paths that led to this greatness and, of course, part- patterning their lives to fit into it. Hmm. Yeah, very, 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 very much hmm. so, very hmm. much so. And I, and, I, and I think that theory was confirmed even when I then lived in Canada. I saw that at an early age, hmm. they would... They, the, the sort of parenting they believe in in many of these developed countries is that at an early age hmm. they begin to expose their kids to internships hmm. to you know to at an early age at, hmm. uh, you know as, as early as junior secondary you hmm. know they start going on internships in law firms wow. just so that they can see that oh this is what it truly means to be great exactly and they can know how did this person get there hmm. uh, and that's something and so so I, I later saw that. 
many there's success does not happen by accident actually hmm. you know and so this old uh, this old um, mentality of uh, you know armor or, hmm. or you know chop and you know clean up clean clean, uh, clean out they, they don't really lead to permanent success hmm. that is the sincere, sincere. Hmm. Hmm. temporary hmm. exactly hmm. It feels like I'm listening to a sermon. I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to excuse my exclamations. <laughs> okay, so I, I also observed that you were a visiting professor of law at China University of Political Science and Law. And you also worked at the University of Calgary for about four years as a university research fellow at the same time that you were with a law firm. Was there a reason for your law firm experience even when you had obviously started getting really into the education academic space. So was there a reason for the law firm experience? Yes. Again, maybe because my head, I had read so wide that I knew exactly what my mentors were doing. Hmm. You know, when you look at Ariafa Babalola, he had a successful, I mean, he still has a successful practice in the pardon. Hmm. You know, one of the biggest law firms. But at the same time, he was teaching at UI. Hmm. <laughs> you know, he was hmm. always going there to give lectures. Was, I mean, people will tell you he was one of the best lecturers they ever had. You look at the Professor Fidelis Odita, very successful law practice, both in England and in Nigeria, but still teaching. So it became clear to me, and I, you know, even hmm. you know, even those outside of law. So it became clear to me that. There's nothing stopping you hmm. from, you know, um, being a practitioner and also teaching. You know, teaching is 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 a, is a skill. It's a calling. You know, and and I so I knew that I just had to make a choice. Which yes. one do you want as your major occupation, hmm. and which one would be your, you know? So when I uh, when I finished. Closer to, I mean, during the PhD, when I was still a PhD student, mm. I, I began to explore both. You know, okay. um, I, I, I had some internship experiences at the law firm mm. in Canada, and, and I thought, well, I would, I, I would continue to see how that goes. Mm. I, initially, it became clear to me at some point that, you know, it seems academia is my first love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I, I, I thought, well, the, the practice world is interesting, but I, I was missing that uh, intellectual mm. debate and ability to, to teach students and all of that. Right. So while I was practicing in the, in the law firm, I okay. began to teach at the side as well, wow. thinking, well, I'll keep doing this until one day when I get the right opportunity to, to move into academia. And, and it worked out quite well. Uh, so now academia is my first uh, love while I continue to practice as a consultant uh, mm. at the side. Wow. Okay. Okay. So we see a major involvement in volunteering. Why, why is that? And of course, you're very busy. How do you make out time from your busy academic schedule to do these? So you're a chairperson here, you're on the advisory committee there, you know, you are like a major, and there are major roles. They are not just, you know, 
little roles, they are major roles, but all volunteering. Ha. Why volunteering and how do you make out time to do these? It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I believe that um, as a professional, there's a time in your career that you, all you need, you will not be judged only by how much money you've made for yourself hmm. or how much success you've recorded, but by how much you've been able to give back to the wow. society. Um, and so I, I began to see the need to give back in my own little way. Um, so I, and I wanted opportunities to give back in the sense of creating opportunities for younger ones or those that are like me who are aspiring hmm. to, um, and the advantage of volunteering is that while you do it, you understand how the society really works. Many of the key decisions in the society, you know, that are shaping countries are taken, you know, have strong involvement of many of these uh, NGOs and you know, societies, wow. learned societies. And by involving in the activities, you understand the functioning of the society more. Hmm. And I thought, well, if I don't give myself to this, how will those coming after me have opportunities? How can we shape law and justice? Absolutely. If, for example, the, the MBA is a, is a huge body that shapes the society. Imagine if, if people say they don't want to be involved. They don't want to be involved in MBA. Hmm. They don't want to serve the MBA. Then we are missing a great part. Exactly. You know, so... So in my in my uh, case, I became actively involved, mostly at the international level, international bar association, international wow. law association, and many other societies that are doing fantastic work in terms of rule of law mm. and shaping the future. And so mm. it's been it's been good. Wow, volunteering, volunteering. I've been talking I've been talking a lot about volunteering recently and. I think it's something that we need to talk more, you know, about. I mean that 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 describes or explains why you're doing this because I remember the first time I spoke with you there were no holdbacks. It was young people, education, giving back, I'm in, you know. In fact, I was telling my colleague I said it was such an easy conversation. Like I didn't even need to do any convincing, you know. So that 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 explains it. Thank you very much again for for giving back to Project Lead. Okay, so you've worked with some of the world's most reputable institutions: Harvard University, University of Cambridge, University of Oxford. So, Professor Lau, these schools are schools that we read about, we see online. You know, Northern Roads. You know, Northern Roads is one of the biggest law firms in the world, after Babalola University, you know, were, were these intentional? So did you decide before time to work in only reputable institutions and be affiliated with major brands or di did they just happen? Mm, wow. <laughs> it's interesting, you know. Um, I, you know, the truth is that it's, it's not easy even if you make those decisions it mm. doesn't necessarily mean that it, it, it will work out that way because these are all like you said very prestigious organizations yes. everyone was, wants to be associated mm -hmm. but i think um um when you you develop a very i always tell junior lawyers that you are your own best marketer 
Mm. You know, everything you do, you are creating a brand. If you mm. uh, if you are given an assignment and you do it well, you are creating a brand mm. of reputability. Mm. If you if you um of reliability rather, if you if you um, if you volunteer and you do it well, you're creating a brand of dedication, of punctuality, timeliness. You know, and and those things add up. It's interesting going back to the point of volunteering. When I was in Canada as a student. Um, I, I volunteer. Thank you, thank you. So you were you were before we 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 got off. You were saying something about your intentionality, you know, around working at reputable organizations, you know, reputable brands. Was it? Did it just happen, or did you were you intentional about it? Did you did you set out to work in those reputable places? Yes, I, I was talking about the the fact that when you achieve, you know, when you are in school, mm. I think um, every stage of life you need to stay in that stage, do your best, and as you move to the next stage, you would you requ you require a new set of skills. While in school, you need to work hard, you need to read hard. But we all know that the most, you know, having a good degree or a faculty degree does not necessarily translate to real life success. It's not mm. automatic. And, and I think it is when you get to the real world that this, the power of networking and volunteering becomes very useful. So I was saying that, uh, you know, when I was in Canada, I, I, I was involved in community initiatives like volunteering and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, you know, it was during those um, interactions that I actually, you know, met people that were working in some of the best organizations at mm. the time. And, you know, my interactions with them, you know, made me to know that, oh, so these are the organizations to work with, the advantage of working with those organizations. And, you know, that is how you build your network. And networking is very, very key. And you know it's it's very interesting that while working at that while volunteering at that organization i was able to to then learn the skills needed for the next stage and i and i was fortunate to uh, have my first big break by uh, getting into northern roads and and of course when you have those sort of major uh, you know big breaks then you know the rest will you know becomes you know as you know in every country the most difficult job to get is your first job mm. you know and mm -hmm. when you at the moment you get your, your first job and you get it at a very good organization and you learn the right skills and you stay calm and humble you will normally continue on that path hmm. fantastic so 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 what you're saying now is the first place you work is very instrumental to to to, to the other places that you get to work Absolutely, hmm. because it is your first place that is your first brand. Hmm. Your first. It's hmm. your first. It's your, your first, first brand. Place. Wow. 
And, uh, you know, we all know that, you know, a lot of things in life, uh, you know, we, we make a lot of decisions based on brands. You know, when you want to buy a car, why don't you buy uh, a Mercedes? One that has no... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I think, I think um, you know, I would say those when, when people are trying to build a, a future career, they start with volunteering, mm. networking, mm. meeting people. Mm. And, you know, when you get that big break, um, it becomes relatively easy. Because, you know, mm. when you're working in a reputable law firm like that, it simply means you're going to meet reputable people too. You know, <laughs> you're, you're working at, uh, you know, not going to Yeah, you, you meet the sort of people that operate at that level. So I think, I think that, was, that was how it worked for me. And, and, and even while you're there, you know, they, you get a lot of offers. It was at, at that time that I knew that there is even a place you're operating which you no longer need to look for, for work. They'll be looking for Automatically, you. Exactly, exactly. Wow. So that, that, that is how it is. You know, you, you get invited to your next job and to your next job and you just get invited for things at that stage. Hmm. Okay, so your first place of work is your first brand. So I'm going to sleep on that because that's a major, major statement. Um. So, so we know in Nigeria, we know the brands when it comes to law firms, when it comes to accounting firms, when it comes to FMCGs. So I, 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 maybe I should stick to the legal industry. You know the big law firms in Nigeria. You know, I, I, I don't want to mention names, but I'm sure you know those, <laughs> those law firms. How is it possible that the lawyers that graduate from university and the lawyers that graduate from law school get the opportunity to work in those places because the law firms they are not they are not open to taking 1000 students if you get what i mean yeah. so so what's your take on young lawyers knowing that even if they don't get the big law firms you know they can start where they are or where they get and work their way up what what yes. how what what can you say to you know lawyers who obviously they want to work people that are very passionate about litigation and they work they want to work in uh, a litigation firm that has a sun you know people that want to do corporate finance and they, they they don't just get into these places how do they start from where they are and and work their way up? My experience is that we all will work out at some point. It will just be, but people work hard at different phases of their life. Mm. Some will work very hard when they are in school and they will finish the top grades, mm. which will almost automatically work them in, into any of these big firms mm. that you mentioned. Mm. I would not mention names as well, but I will tell you that even when I was in law school, I got a job, a phone call from one of the big law firms in, in Lagos, and they offered me a job, even though I was still a student. They said, wow. When you finish law school, Come, come on, work. And start with us. Wow. Yeah, because they knew I had a first class from the university. Hmm. So that is one part. But that is not the only part to success. Yes. Like I said, we will all eventually work hard, but it mm -hmm. just depends on when. Hmm. Um, there are some that never worked with any of the big law firms, but they are actually very successful today hmm. because they worked hard later in life. Hmm. They did not have the degree to work into any of those law firms and be employed. But they let they later discovered themselves and worked very hard to build their own brands 
build their own names uh, and are successful in their own right. Hmm. That is another phase of working hard. And some, it will be that they did not have the degrees to get into the top law firms, but hmm. they started with a small law firm and they worked so hard, they networked and they, you know, you, you know, and they became known in the niche area hmm. and they later made, made that straight. Yes. So, you know, I think we all just have to realize that working hard is almost inevitable. It's just a question of when, hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, when what I tell my students now, what we do for them is that when we see the especially the very bright ones, we encourage them to start going on internships with these law firms when they are still in the in university. School. So a lot of our students will go to these law firms on, on summer internship. That is unpaid, it's free, but you're already meeting the lawyers. Exactly. You're already networking. Exactly. And you already have it in your, in your brain that, wow, what does it take to work here? And they will tell you, well, if you want to work here, you better make sure you have a good grade. And so and we've seen a lot of our students at Abu are breaking into the big law firm because hmm. we expose them to it as early as maybe the 300, 400 level. They start going there for internships. So I would say that um, it's it's doable. Um, there is no no one way to success, um, but all forms of success require hard work, consistency, and determination. In terms of when you know this is what you want, you have to then. Um, I always say that the, the the most successful people don't just apply for something. Before applying, they. They know about it maybe three years in advance hmm. and, and tailor their lives to achieve it. Exactly. So you want to work in a big law firm. Three years in advance, you sort of know what they like, what hmm. they want, and you begin to prepare for them. For that, the day you appear at their doorstep, they will be like, yes, this is exactly the person we're We're looking for. Wow. Wow. Okay, so in 2016, you wrote a book which received the International Law Association Book Prize. What, what, was, what was the book about? Yes, you know, it's, um, yeah, that was a very big landmark for me because um, when I finished my PhD, mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I, I thought, yes, finally I have this degree, let me go and rest. But then for some reason, the word went out that my thesis was good and promising. And so I got a contract by wow. a very reputable publisher to publish it as a book. And so I published that book with Cambridge University Press. Um, and uh, that was, it was an advanced, you know, like, a, you know, a, uh, an enlarged version of my PhD at wow. Oxford uh, that became that book. And so, um, and it was it was well received. Uh, you know, it was was well received, and it has become a primary reference. Uh, you know, in a lot of universities hmm. uh, worldwide hmm. from that area. Wow. So, um, yeah. So I would say that, and and of course, I, I got the the recognition and prize for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and that the the success of that book then led me to, you know, to say, wow, you know, if my uh, Humble PhD thesis can be this can get me this and 
I, you know, then I, I thought, yeah, then I'm going to write the next book. And I wrote the next book and the next and the next. So Great. So uh, I was actually going to ask you if there are any other books in the works, but I mean, I see you've written other books. Hmm. Okay, so you, you stumbled on law, in quotes. You studied law by mistake. So can I also say that you became an author? by mistake because you didn't set out to write a book you were actually approached you know for your book to be written wow okay so you've received numerous awards and fellowships so in 2018 you were appointed as an expert member of a committee in federal house of representatives abuja what has that experience been like Yes, it has been wonderful. Hmm. It has been wonderful. And um, as you know, uh, my area of law is petroleum, energy, and yes. environmental law. Environmental so, law. Um, many of the, the issues facing oil and gas exploration um, and commercialization are things I, I, I research on, you know, and, you know, my, my, my subsequent publications have channeled them towards addressing some of these issues. And at the time when I was invited, to, uh, to, to serve in this capacity. Mm -hmm. That was when um, they were trying to update the Oil Spill uh, Act in Nigeria, the, uh, you know, uh, NOSDRA, as they yes. call it, National Oil Spill Protection Responsibility mm -hmm. Act. You know, so uh, they, they were looking out for people with expertise in that area who could come in and provide some sort of academic insight mm -hmm. into. And so I, was, I got a letter you know, from the House of Representatives to, to be on that uh, task and it was it was quite good because it gave me you know academics love to research and write a lot but yes we need to see it in practice yes you know, and, yes and, and, and so that experience uh, uh, you know led me to know uh, to understand some of the key challenges in the industry and mm. i was able to sort of you know assist in resolving some of the issues some of them are still ongoing you know uh, we are still working to get things right, but mm -hmm. at least it was a very good uh, first experience and, and, and I've been able to build on that. Wow, fantastic. So I hear Federal House of Representatives, I hear Abuja. <laughs> Do you have any interest at all in politics? First, allow you when they, when, when, I'm not saying if, because obviously you, you are always minding your business and these people always look for you, right? So when they come knocking on your door now to say, ah, minister of something, is there any interest in politics? Does minister of energy and natural resources sound interesting to you at all? <laughs> That's interesting. You know, like I said, I'm a humble academic. All I do <laughs> is to write my book. I mind your business. I mind my business. I'm not a member of any political party, and mm -hmm. you know, um, but you know, the truth is that um, the the our country needs us at all times, and I know that uh, you know when those opportunities knock, the the function of an academic is to look at the opportunities mm -hmm. and say, well, is this something that I can do? Yes, so, you know. I anyone that accepts a role without knowing that they can contribute something meaningful is uh, will you can easily describe that person as uh, as as uh, an agent of backwardness, hmm. you know. 
um, you know, uh, so I belong to that school. Um, I, like I said, some of my mentors in the past have had opportunities to become ministers, and they said no. Like Ariata Babalolaye was appointed a minister several times, mm -hmm. and they said no. Uh, but some have accepted such roles, like Konje uh, Uwela, yes, been minister mm -hmm. two or three times. So, and and that's because she thought she could add something, and we all Value. needed something exactly. So. It, it, when the time comes, if it comes around and we see that we can truly add something, we'll, we'll give it a consideration. If we think we cannot, then we'll stay where we are and keep mm -hmm. uh, going from Geneva to Italy and giving our speech. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think maybe I should add something. So the truth is, at, at, this, at this time, Nigeria needs a breath of fresh air, you know, and that fresh air is young people especially young people who obviously have value to offer so i'm begging you on behalf of my humble self and, <laughs> and the whole of nigeria professor allow you please we need people like you to actually make a difference so i have i have spoken with you before i've read about you um i have mentioned you to someone who you know you know and i know what he said about you before i even said to go ahead with this so it's not it's not all it's not all you talking right there, there's value here so it, it'll be great for us to actually get the breath of fresh air you know in nigeria from a young person you know who who is going to add a lot of value and cause a change now it feels like no don't worry nobody no, sends me to you i was going to say that you seem to be at the politician now no. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Okay, so but but but, but I get your point. You're mm. very correct that you know we all cannot stay back and say yes. well, it's not my business. Yes. Um, I think I think if if you 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 see like you know that from everything I've said, I'm a, a an ardent I'm an ardent believer in public service. Yes. And I spend a lot of my time giving back. To giving society, back. So. Yes. I know that um, if if the right opportunities present right. themselves, and if um, you know, then then why not? We will give back to the society. So I'll add that to my prayer list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I'm surprised you do not have a chamber of your own. Um, I didn't see that anywhere. So maybe you should tell me. But I I didn't see any Damilola, Olawuyi, and Co. You know anywhere. Young lawyers, young lawyers who do not have your level of ed educational and professional qualification. So, not like they don't have, they've not even gotten there at all. Like, I have worked in a law firm and I know what I'm talking about. You know, th those kind of people would have formed a personal practice and started making their own money, in quotes, you know, like they always say. What what was your thought on this? So there was a time some time ago that I was having when I was in the, in in a law firm I was having a conversation around regulation in the legal industry and you know I kept I'm very big on collaboration you know there's this sense of ownership that we Nigerians have so I want to be the CEO and I want to be the owner and the founder of my own thing. So I, I was thinking collaboration, I was thinking mergers, you know, in the legal industry. Mm. So what happened to 
law firms coming together to form a force you know what happened to regulation being in place as to how many years a person should have been in practice or how much a person should have you know before setting out and setting up um a personal practice you know so so i'll go back to me still being surprised that you don't have a chamber of your own unlike young lawyers you know these days do please what was your thought on this i i think it's a very good question and i and i will and i and that's a, that's something i've gotten from a lot of people you know including my my own, you know family saying how oh, come you don't have a lot of practice mm -hmm. you know? And I think I would say that boils down to one simple thing, which is the fact that I'm not really business oriented. Hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I've never been a, a business minded person. Hmm. I think I'm more public love minded, and okay. that's why my 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 practice, even my area, is more of international law. Hmm. So. All the like I said, I, I'm very busy with consultancies. You know, I advise governments. You know, I advise governments of different countries um, mm. as an expert, and I, I do a lot of practice. You know, um, uh, but they are public law. You know, my clients are governments mm. of different countries. So, and to work with governments, you don't really need a law firm. You know, you know, you don't really need to. To advise a government on regulation, you don't really need a law firm to be hmm. able to do that. Um, they, what they want is the brain you know, and the expertise. As they, hmm. as they exactly. Hmm. So and so that's why. Um, but I think if if my area was more business law, hmm. like you know the sort of thing, even though I do oil and gas, it's again the regulation part, okay. not the typical contracts. Uh, so so I guess that's the reason. But I had nothing against that at all. I know that. It, there will be maybe at some point that might that might have to happen. Maybe they will say, well, you for example, if they say before we give you the next brief, you must have your own law firm. Then, so mm. you know. Mm. But having said that, also I, I think that also boils down to the fact that my first job was at Norton Road, mm -hmm. and it was a mega law firm. Mm -hmm. You know, with branches in different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. That made me to see the stance in big law firms in big mm. law. Um, as opposed to, you know, you just have a little bit of uh, um, money and you say, I'm going to restart my mm. I think, and I, be, and I see that we are realizing that increasingly in Nigeria. Yes. You know? Um, you know, I mean, the, the sort of training I got at Northern Road showed me the value of big law. Um, and, I, and I hope that, you know, we will begin to realize, I mean, the Nigerian context is quite different. There might be reasons why people will choose to practice on their own hmm. um, but i think maybe that orientation i got you know sort of changed my mind and i and, I've, and i know maybe even if i want to practice it might be that i will just join the big law firm um, hmm. as as a, as a tenant as we call it <laughs> hmm. Professor Lai, okay so i i'm 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 talking about the legal industry because obviously that's that's where you function right so this also extends to people setting out to form their own accounting practice or form their own manufacturing you know firm or set up their own schools and all so you said something you said you are not business oriented so i i hear a lot of self-awareness in that statement and I really appreciate it. So I'm going to touch on a sensitive, you know, um, area 
which I know people might come after me, but it's okay. So not being business oriented, how does that now, how do you now talk about maybe people that hear a lot of motivational talk and they say, you cannot keep working for yourself, you know, go and set up your own, you know, I'm sorry to say, but it's such a turn off for me because it's okay for someone to be very intellectual and not be business oriented. You know, that's why I say I hear a lot of, I hear self-awareness in that statement. So, so how, how would you, what, what do you have to say about people that listen to motivational talk and, you know, aspire to inspire, to perspire talk, and they just set out to set up something and they crumble, you know, what, 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 okay. So again, maybe I should focus on the legal side of things because it's your space. What, what do you have to say to those young people? Yes, it's 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 a it's a sad it's a sad um, phenomenon in our society that everyone wants to categorize themselves as an entrepreneur hmm. and they want to hmm. you know start their own law firm. I've had some of my students who graduated and then one year after they tell me they started their own law firm. Hmm. I, I wish I wish them well because everybody everybody's story it's is different. different. Hmm. But one thing, but I noticed two things in in that logic. Number one is that their logic at times does not take into consideration that times are changing. Hmm. Um, the time of, you know, you, there was a time that it was normal to, for you to finish, start your own lesson. There hmm. was one time like that. Hmm. But times are changing. Everyone is beginning to realize that, they, they, you know, there is power in partnership, in unity. Hmm. And you see that many of the big briefs go to the big law firms. Absolutely. In in one law firm, you have someone who is focused in a tiny area hmm. of securities, another an expert in oil, another an expert in corporate finance. Hmm. You know, so you have those pool of experts in one room. So people are realizing, wow, you know. And so, like I said, number one, times are changing. The, hmm. the methodology of one man practice is fading away very hmm. rapidly. And so I always encourage my students to realize that and not, uh, you know, think they have to be, you know, they have to face the pressure of starting um, their own business. The second thing is that, which is related to the first, is that we all have different strengths. Some people, their strength is business. They have like, you know, like, just as I said, I have no business rent. I know a lot of my colleagues that what they know more is business than even law. Exactly. They are very, very good at running things, at managing things, at the sort of things I don't like to do. So you need to realize that it's a skill and not everyone has it. Hmm. And so starting a law firm when you don't really have a business uh, um, mindset will only end in, in either being subpar or it will not end well. Hmm. You know, and, and we've seen people who have made their name in this country by one. Wow, I can't hear you. Are, are you there, Professor Damlala?
Wow. You've achieved so much at, at a very young age, you know, and I don't know, did you ever have any plan for this from childhood? Maybe I should answer from all you've said. I think you did because you have mentioned Kofi Annan, you had mentioned um, Okonjo Iwela, you had mentioned Afebala Babalola. So I think you, 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 you plan for it. So I don't know if that's a correct answer for that question. <laughs> well, we thank God, you know, for everything. I know, I know everyone, everyone um, um, will wish and hope at some point to, um, you know, have a good career and have a good job or something, mm -hmm. you know. So I believe that, um, you know, and, and for a lot of people, I mean, as long as we're we are alive, there is there is always that chance. Absolutely. You know, some mm. some people are early bloom, early uh, they achieve early success. Some mm -hmm. achieve their success much later. Um, so there's you know, but I think the most important thing in life is to know exactly what you want mm. uh, and and work towards it. And I think that that is what has worked for me. I knew from an early age that. I will want to be an agent of justice. Hmm. You know, that was how my little brain processed it, you know, even though I did not even, I did not know what it meant Amen. to fight for people's rights. Wow. I did not know what it meant to stand for justice. Hmm. But I, I, as life proceeded, I began to understand. And I think I understood it quite quickly. And that has worked for me. Fantastic. So, is a first-class degree all that is needed to succeed in life? You said something earlier that having a good degree does not automatically translate into success. You, that, was, that was a statement you made earlier. So what other skills have you had to learn and internalize to be where you are today? Um, there, was, there were two, four, three other things you mentioned during the course of you know, speaking. So you, you've mentioned hard work, you've mentioned consistency and determination. So what other skills did you have to learn as a person to get you to this place? Well, I, I, I think I would, I would add three that are very, very important. Okay. Um, the, the one is discipline. Hmm. And that's, that's something I have realized that you know, there's hardly any successful person in our society that is not disciplined. Hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, it takes discipline to succeed in school. It takes discipline to say, I am going to be reading at 10 a.m. or 10 to 1 and hmm. stick to it. You know, it's, it's difficult. Hmm. So uh, which means, and some of my friends will tell you that when we were in the university, I was very you know, brutal in terms of protecting my time. You know, when I, you know, I had a routine, a very regimented routine. On Saturdays, I read from as soon as I wake up till 3 p.m. You know, and there was nothing in the world that could stop me from doing that. Wow. You know, that was, you know, and, and that was because every Saturday I would catch up with everything that, you know, we studied during the week. Hmm. And so from there, 
detail. Every, I mean, it takes a lot of discipline to set that sort of timetable and follow it. When you go to law school as well, you even need more discipline. You, mm. know, you, you have to be so like regimented and nothing. Even if, even if my roommates were singing or laughing <laughs> until when until when it is three. Wow. Then at three, I would say okay, yes, and then go for you know lunch or something. So I, I would say discipline is very very. It's like the bottom line, you know, for you to set targets for you to. Many of the things we've been talking about, looking at things ahead of time, these are all attributes of, of discipline. Mm. And uh, so I would think uh, self-discipline is very, very key. Mm. The ability to, uh, to set the timetable and follow it in a regimented manner mm. is very key. The, the, the other one that I think is very, very important is humility. You know, um, you, we, we have to realize that um, we need. We, we don't know it all. We we have a lot to learn from others, you know. And you have to be very humble. Many, you know, like I said, having a first class is not is not a guarantee for anything. And even when you have a first class and you're not humble, you're not showing that willingness to learn. Nobody's going to give you a chance. Mm. If you walk into a law firm today and you say, "I'm a first class graduate," <laughs> mm. chances are that they'll tell, "Oh, well, good for you. Now get out." <laughs> oh. You know. Um, <laughs> wow. So I think that's you know ability to realize that you the the end of your own knowledge is the beginning of others. You know you know you you don't really know much, hmm. uh, and the fact that you have a paper degree does not mean does not confer the monopoly of knowledge on you. Hmm. So I think willing to learn from others, willing to 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 be humble in terms of working with people. Humble people are very good networkers. They network mm. very well. They, you know, they they know that. Oh, as I'm speaking to Amaka today, she might be my referee next time. You know, they. they yes, they, please. They when you become minister, minister Professor Lawi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, I think that uh, humble spirit lets you to, you know, gives you the the ability to sort of listen to people, work exactly. with people, and, uh, and network and, and build relationships. So I think that is key. And of course, um, there's providence in everything. So the third, of course, and the most important is, is to be prayerful, really. Is to be, hmm. is to, you know, you can do all these things. You can get everything right. You can be disciplined. You can have, you know, a first class. You can get everything right. But with, without that divine providence, Hmm. You know, it's difficult. You know, I, I, I know people that have very strong degrees and, you know, it has not really translated too much. Hmm. So you, 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 that leads you to, to know that, you know, your steps can be ordered only by God. And I, and I am a strong believer in that. And I, and I, and I think we should never be too comfortable with ourselves to forget the power of prayer and we should never hmm. be too um, busy to re remind the kids that uh, prayer is the key absolutely hmm. okay so maybe i should say something before i i, I wrap this up i, I mean I, I was going to after this i was going to do or rather i am going to do a, a linkedin post and what comes to mind to write is, I just had a session with 
one of the most one of the most humble people I, I i you know there are some people that you don't need to they don't need to tell you they are humble i think you everything about you tells tells of humility professor laoye to be honest not with what you have achieved not with how old you are you know there's just a there's just you just you just there's an ambience, you know, of humility around you. Trust me, I'm sure even me, if I've attended Harvard and Oxford and Cambridge, I'll be humble, but sometimes I want to let you know that, hey, do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, but I mean, you said something. You said humble people are the greatest networkers because by the time you calm down, that is only when someone will be willing to bring you in. Wow, I really, really appreciate that. So discipline, humility, and prayerfulness. Hmm. You can do everything right, and it would not translate to anything if you're not prayerful. Fantastic. Okay, so what are your final... I feel like I should go on and on. <laughs> what are your final words for Project Lead Girls? And, you know, other students there who are of the school of thought that... You really don't need to read your books and you really don't need to get the degrees, you know, to get ahead in life. So far, you have the right connections. You know, the kind of society that we are, if you know somebody, you have leg into somewhere, you know, you don't need to read. Just third class, it's okay. Second, two, two, no problem. Just know the right people and you'll be able to get the best jobs and, you, you know, what, what was your take on that? What, what do you have to say to our young people that are listening to you all over the world? Well, I would first of all say that they are very lucky to be um, part of this project lead because they are getting an early chance that mm. a lot of us never had, you mm. know, in terms of, because our parents tell us, read your book, read your book, mm. but we never really understand why we need to, to read our books, mm. you know. So I think, um, and that's why I really, really, you know, you know with, with the strongest emphasis at my disposal, I would love to really commend you, um, you. Um, for, the, for, for this, you know, initiative. And, and that was you. why when you, you told me about it, I was like, oh, this is really great. Um, letting our kids know that... Um, it's important to, to know that every step, they're already building their story. Exactly. The future for themselves. So I, I would say that um, it is wrong to think that success happens accidentally. Hmm. Um, there is no success that is accidental. Absolutely. The most successful people have had to walk very hard towards a goal. And that's why, that's the only reason why they've achieved it. Hmm. When you um, depend on, the, the only thing you get from, like there's a saying that the only thing you get from being spoon-fed is your mouth becomes the shape of that spoon. Which hmm. means, imagine if I relied on my father's uh, achievements in terms of, oh, he already has his own money. Exactly. My father tells me that, you know, he never knew that some of the things I'm doing today, he never even knew they were possible. Wow. You know, <laughs> you know? yeah. Because how would he have thought that, you know, a boy, a lad growing up in the pardon will then become, um, uh, um, you know, a, a, a global, global figure. So this, this shows 
uh, kids that even if you have parents, you have people in your network, the best thing they can do for you is to make you become them where they are. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't take you beyond where they are. So it shows that there is a lot more to life than depending on um, other people's network. Not talking about the fact that those networks can fail at times too. So, so I, I would say that kids have the opportunity or a chance to write their own stories and they should spend uh, every time, every opportunity, every minute writing a very good story. Um, whatever we want to become in the future starts from now. Um, by approaching every task with all seriousness, mm. by preparing, by uh, being diligent, being disciplined, we can write a super story mm. that even our parents will be like, wow, when mm. I sent you to school, I did not even think See of this it. coming. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, Professor Laoyi. And uh, I would still like to meet your father. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's I'm I'm sure he's so proud of you. I'm sure your mother is so proud of you. I'm sure your siblings are so proud of I am proud of you, Professor Laoyi. I am very proud oh, of thank you. you. Thank you so thank much you. for your thank time. You. And one last question, a personal question. <laughs> so I know you've been all over the world, you know, but if you're if you're told to just get away and go and breathe in a country that you've never been before. What country would you would you <laughs> want to go to? <laughs> oh wow, wow, wow! That, that, that is that is a a tough one. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I one thing I realized is that I've been to a lot of countries, but they've always been tied to work. Work. And that is. Mm. That that is uh that is a discussion I've been having lately that uh, it would be great for me to to, to go, go on a proper places. vacation without yeah, working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, just just to go and relax. You wow. Know? And, so, and I'm and I'm and I'm uh, uh, to do that this year, but wow. the, the pandemic has, I know. Uh, I know. has delayed things. Mm -hmm. But I, but I'm, 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 I'm hopeful that in the, you know, as soon as these things uh, get it's resolved, over. I'll probably target the one of the Caribbean islands and then just uh, go there and and, and just sit on the that. beach and sip pina yeah, colada. Yeah. <laughs> no conference, no meeting, no network. Mm. Go there, relax, and when I finish the business of relaxing, then go away. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> that should work please do so that your your brain can can breathe a little you've been doing a lot Professor Laoyi I really really want to appreciate you for your time for your for putting away a lot of things you know to 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 give back to project lead and to give back to the whole world through this medium thank you so much and I am very certain that your story will go all over the world and in the very nearest future, people will always reference this particular, you know, session, conversation with you and say, because of what Professor Laoyi said, that was what made me redirect my career or redirect my life. And, you know, it has just made me a great person. I am very certain. Thank you so much for your time. And um, we're, we're coming back for you. <laughs> We're not done yet. We have a lot to do together and to we'll definitely come back to you. 
Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure and it's been Thank great you. talking to you Thank and, and Jerome as well. Yes. And mm-hmm. do not hesitate to just stay in touch. Thank um, you. I look forward to, to working with you. I will definitely be in touch. Thank you. Have a very great day, sir. <laughs> All right. You All right. too. Bye. Bye. Wow, wow, wow. What? Like, I, 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 am I the only one with my mouth open or what? Like, this has been such a rewarding session. You know, Professor Damilola Olaoyi is... <sighs> now I'm thinking of the word to use to describe him. Like, he's an embodiment of academic excellence, you know, embodiment of focus you know wisdom discipline so much so much guys this first class thing is possible it it is possible i mean he has he has shown us that it is possible you know and with with the right guidance with the right support we, we can really achieve all that we have set out to achieve so project lead girls this is for you all secondary school students this is for you undergraduates this is for you so keep the keep the flag flying keep your head right keep your focus intact and the sky is not your limit it is only your starting point thank you